Hello, Twitter universe. My name is Mark Ryan. Welcome to the UAE. This is the Sped Up Chat, and I might sound like I know how to do this because I've already done it. We did it, and we weren't even live. So here we go. It is the Sped Up Chat. We're talking with leadership from KCC. I was speaking to them before about student-centered learning, about building community, but actually I'm just going to ask them to tell me all of the skeletons in their closet. So if you're not excited about that, then I'm not sure what you're excited about. Lise Farquhar is my host, my co-host. This is the Sped Up Chat. We're in Abu Dhabi. Here we go. Now we actually are live, so here we go. This time is going to be correct. Anna, we're gonna start with you. What's going on? Hi, Mark. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Anna. Many of you will have uh, seen me over at KCC. Um, I am the current uh, head of early years um, and primary. Um, I've been working with Raha for a couple of years now, but in a variety of roles. Um, I came on board probably about three years ago as an um, early years consultant to work with the early years team on creating those high quality uh, child initiated opportunities in their learning environments um, and then got persuaded to move over to Abu Dhabi and join the Raha team. Um, so it's been a bit of a bit of a whirlwind, um, but a very exciting one so far. All right. And Anne, how are you doing? Hi, good evening, everybody. Thanks to Mark and Lise for having us. Very excited about being here with you guys. Um, uh, my name is Anne, and I have been part of the Raha family for the last six years um, in a variety of roles. Uh, currently the deputy head of early years at our original gardens campus, and very excited about my move um, across to KCC as the head of primary for next year. There we go. Thank you very much. Nicola, how's it going tonight? You have the best lighting, the most dramatic lighting of everyone. So there we go. <laughs> Is it my angel halo above me? <laughs> um, Mark, I'm pretty impressed with you role modeling, being an IB learner, make mistakes, learn from them, move on, take risks. It's awesome. Um, so hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I am Nicola. I was at Raha last year as a head of early years, and I've had the absolute privilege of opening the new campus this year at KCC as vice principal um, and moving into a head of campus next year and looking forward to working alongside Anne and Anna and Paul, who's the head of secondary and, and leading this amazing school and project forward even further. So we opened doors this year with 300 new students and um, we're opening in the next academic year with around 750. So it's it's an extremely exciting time for Raha um, and for education in Abu Dhabi, I think. There we go. Yeah, it's super exciting. And there's so many questions, Lise, and I have to ask you tonight. But speaking of making mistakes, Lise, what's going on tonight? Uh, well, I am just really excited to be here because uh, I've been at Raha for about the same amount of time as uh, Anne. And it's just cool to see how her role has grown and developed. She was always like the leader of the dream team. Um, and it's, I'm just have such confidence in the development of this new campus with these three really key players leading, leading the charge. So it's gonna be really great getting to know you better tonight. All right. Well, um, Lise, your fan club has already arrived. I'm still waiting for mine, but I'm sure they're, they're going to come any moment now. But we're going to start this right away with getting to know everyone in the panel. And I say that because, you know, as I was leaving today, I was talking with Saeed Smith and he was saying, Mark, it's like 315. Let's get out of here. People, 
stop conversations at 257 because nobody has time to stick around. And I was thinking, you know, that's fair enough. You know, everyone is tired. Everyone is full on. And I think platforms like this are a, were, are allowing people to access the staff and find out people's voices and stories on their own time and really find out because, you know, Raha and Talim are huge and they're full of amazing people with amazing stories. And, you know, from 2.57 to 3 o'clock might not be enough time to hear them all. So I'm going to start with you, Anne, and I'm going to go into your past for a second with something I know about surfing. Maybe you can let us know more about that and how it's connected to your education journey and your leadership one right now. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Um, I'd like to use that word surfing uh, very loosely, though, because I'm not quite sure that what I do in the ocean is um, considered surfing. But I definitely uh, love, love, love being out of the ocean. It's been my happy place um, being in water all the way through my life. Um, I swam competitively from a young age and then got involved in competitive lifesaving in Durban. Um, so from a very young age, always been in the water um, and competitive. Surfing was a little bit different. It, it, it came um, as a huge challenge for me, but something that I wanted to overcome. Um, and it's always been a time, it's, it's quite individual. Um, and it's a time where you get to reflect uh, and push yourself. It's certainly not easy. Well, it doesn't come easy to me. Um, and I think it's developed over time from something you did growing up to be part of your friends uh, and part of what I did about being in the water. But now it's a time that I get to escape. I get to have some own, my own time away from uh, the kids and the family um, and a time to reflect um, because you aren't you by yourself. And, and, and with nature. Um, but I think all the way through my life, being involved in sports um, has made me realize and really value the whole child. And I think taking that through as a teacher and taking that through as a leader, it, it's really, really been really, really important to me to make sure that we are developing the whole child because what I've got from sports um, whether it was at school or whether it was individual sports like swimming and, and surfing, it, it gave me a place, it gave me a community and it gave me an identity. Um, and through that, I've often, often thought about how my confidence as a person started from my time in, 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 in sports. Um, and that gave me a sense of belonging and a sense of confidence um, within school and I think we need to remember that with all of our students and hopefully we give our students an opportunity whether it's on the sports field in the classroom playing music doing arts on the stage whatever we can to help them tap into what makes them an individual what sparks their passion and also um, what makes them feel connected and, and passionate about education because we know that as soon as a child feels um, confident has a sense of belonging within a school community um, they're going to thrive and and as educators we're going to get the most out of them so a bit of an off topic from surfing um, I definitely won't share any videos or, or surfing um, tips because I don't um, definitely not that good but I think that whole culture of, of sports um, really really uh, is important to me as an educator and as a leader yeah, Nicola, I know that you're involved in uh, being active because we live in the same community also with you too, Anne, but I regularly cross paths with you, Nicola, literally on the path. 
And uh, same thing, like how do your personal passions um, with sport or activity or maybe something else that we don't know um, is a part of your, your life, how does it inform your leadership role? Thanks, Lise. Um, I'd probably would like to echo what Anne says. It, it's it's a really beautiful time for me. I run a lot. I um, go to the gym. It's it's a bit of me time, and that balance of actually just being by myself and being with my thoughts is super important. And I am huge on reflection as a leader. It's uh, really important to take that time to think about what you're doing and to work on ways to improve it. And, you know, learning or inquiry. It's a process. And, you know, it's not the product we're trying to get to. It's what can I do and what, what can I improve on? So for me, fitness just gives me that balance. Um, it pushes me. You know, change happens when you're pushed, when you're challenged. Things shouldn't always be easy. And for me, I mean, I went for a run tonight. It was super hot outside. But that sense of achievement and accomplishment at the end when I, I finished it, I'm also a busy mum of two 12-year-olds, um, and I use that time to actually be with them and to switch off to, from technology, to run alongside them, they bike with me, and for me that's really important because it actually gives me almost like a double thing. I get to be with my children, have those sort of corridor conversations or pathway conversations and role model for them as well, um, being fit, staying healthy and, and looking after your body because that's what actually helps us learn, it's what clears our mind, it, it, it's what makes us, I feel, um, be able to take on your information and process things differently. So, And then when I don't run with them, which sometimes is also beautiful, it's actually a time where I listen to podcasts that I really enjoy learning and listening to all the incredible educators are out there. So it is a time where I, I chuck in my AirPods and, and I get to also balance learning and, and, and staying rich in terms of my learning and exercising. So I, I kind of double everything up. I do have a bit of a balance, but I, I plug it with other things that I need to do in my life as well, because we are busy, all of us are busy people. I do uh, really appreciate you talking about the reflection piece. I know um, Lise knows the journey of hashtag run and rant where uh, for a couple of years I'd go out and run and then reflect on a daily word or a weekly topic. And I felt it, uh, yeah, it was so amazing to kind of release things that were on my mind after some exercise. And, you know, as Matthew McConaughey would say, you know, taking what was on top of you and just laying it out on the ground so you could see clearly what was there. And so from community with Anne, to balance with Nicola. Anna, apparently there's elbow pads and just knocking people over for you. So what's, uh, what's going on with you? So I think we're probably at, at risk of turning this into a sports podcast rather than an education podcast because um, I, I'm also going to talk about uh, sport and fitness. Um, I have actually done many a uh, sport and activity with both Nicola and Anne Anne and their children and families. Um, so Anne and I were out uh, wake surfing at the weekend. Um, and of course, all of her family are uh, just absolute naturals um, on the water. Um, I mean, Nicola and I have been horse riding with her with her twins. We've been out skating, uh, roller skating, them on their them, them on their skateboards. Um, I do a lot of fitness, do a lot of exercise. Um, for me, I really enjoy trying new things and learning uh, new sports, new activities. Um, I think it's really important that us as educators put ourselves in that 
position of being a learner um, and seeing what that feels like. I know Nicola and I were talking about this earlier today that actually being being a learner puts you in a really vulnerable position. Um, there's a lot of vulnerability in standing there and saying, I have no idea how to do this. Can, can you show me? Um, and you have to go through those baby step steps of learning something new, potentially in front of a whole group of um, other people. Um, and I think reflecting on that makes me realize how important it is to create those relationships and that community within your school, because you need your children to be 100% on board and comfortable with being that learner and being that vulnerable in front of a room full of people, because we know that um, we want our children to be um, learning and being risk takers in, in, in that classroom. We need them to, to feel comfortable. Well, I think definitely you're modeling being a risk taker tonight, especially how we're putting you through your paces in the green room just to try to make sure that uh, I could get you as scared as possible before we went online. But I really like that you were talking about, you know, creating those relationships with our students. And that's what I want to lead into next and start with Nicola about building school community. And I think, you know, you're starting a new school. It's been going for a while now, um, but it's been going uh, a little bit with the early years and a few classes in the primary. And my take would be that it would be maybe easier to build school community with that group um, consider, uh, compared to the primary or the secondary where the parents maybe are less present at the gate and maybe you have to reach them in different ways. What are some of your thoughts when it comes to building school community, especially at KCC? I think this year, um, I, I will say privilege, I've had the absolute privilege of opening a, a new school. It's been a dream of mine. There is nothing more incredible than having this belief and passion on how students learn and how to build a school community than actually getting to do it. And I've been so fortunate to have an incredible leadership team supporting me, incredible team of teachers, um, and community, particularly during this year, the building of a new community has been um, slightly more difficult than normal. We have 300 students and almost 600 parents, well, actually 600 parents, they have never stepped foot inside our buildings um, due to COVID regulations. And Anna will, will agree with me, we have created the most beautiful community of supportive families, of happy learners who are engaged, regardless of all the odds that have been stacked above us. And it's been a real eye-opener for me in terms of what does community and building community mean to me? Because I used to think it was an open door policy, parents in and out of the classrooms, and, and I still believe in that. But what I've realized is to build community is to have the same core belief. And I really think that at KCC, we put the children at the center of everything we do. And when we partner with parents, it's absolutely true. We may not partner with them physically right now. They may not be in our space, but they are part of this child's journey and we value them. We value the thinking, we value the inputs and everything we're doing at KCC is, is with those learners at the center of it all. And community for me is now how do I connect with people in ways that we didn't connect before? And connection's actually a word that's it's, it's really important to me at the moment. It used to be collaboration, but now it's moved a little bit more to connection because it's it's more difficult. Um, and I, I believe that if they, my community, my community of learners, my community of families, my community of staff um, can really see 
um, that we believe deep down and inquiry-based teaching and the IB methodology and the purpose of school being to create global citizens and successful human beings and that we truly believe in our children being confident and competent meaning makers, then community happens. And we've seen that, Anna, you may you may want to add to this, but um, and yes, it is, uh, we have got the early years, but we haven't got the luxury of having those relationships that so easily came and met us. All our parents come to the gate and they trust us with their most precious gift as they leave them with us and never entered our buildings at all, not once. Um, so I am, extremely honored and privileged and, and thankful for the people that have worked alongside me and I will shout out to my teachers now because they've made this happen they're the ones that have got those relationships going that have got happy learners that leave their classrooms at the end of the day and Anna myself Melissa who's who's our other um, in the leadership team could not have done this without stunning teachers who truly put the children at the center so that it's a long a long explanation but it's something that I would Anna, you may want to add, but um, we're very, very proud of this year in terms of community. Yeah, I think um, the, the word that I wrote down um, kind of at the beginning when Mark was talking um, about building that community was, was the word presence. Um, because I think um, traditionally it probably is a bit easier to build that community within the early years department um, because because parents have that presence within the classroom they're at the door they're dropping their children off they're seeing the they're seeing the classroom they're meeting with the teachers and you have that ongoing daily um conversation around the child with the parents um and then of course covid happened and we weren't able to have that presence in the same way that we would have normally um had had it um, and we've had to be really creative in the ways that we have created that presence. So trying to um, create videos, walking the parents around the building, um, showing them the corridors and the art room and the, um, the music room and the classrooms. Um, because we're in that very unique position where not only do we have you know, these five brand new EY1 classes where the parents um, haven't experienced the school before, um, we have a whole school body that has not seen the school. We've not been able to tour them round. We've not been able to do open days and say, you know, hey, come and look at our brilliant uh, facilities. We've been showing them photographs and renders and we've had to really build that trust with our families and our parents to say, you know, the building is ready. You know, I know what is around us isn't ready, but I promise you inside is ready. But hey, stay there. You can't come in and have a look at it. Um, and that that that's a really difficult situation to be in. So it's it's been looking at how we can create that presence, how we can create that connection and that trust with the families and the children. And I think the biggest thing for kind of Nicola and I and Melissa has been that presence on the gate in the morning, getting to know every single family, every single child, welcoming them by name as they walk in the um, walk in the walk in the gates, being able to say, you know, oh, you have a different hairstyle today. And I've noticed that because I have been here every single day welcoming you um, into our school community. And I think, as Nicola said, what that has created is this incredible school community. And it is honestly, you know, ha hands down, the best school community I have ever been, uh, ever been a part of, both within the leadership team, our teachers, our learning assistants, our children, um, our families. 
it is incredibly supportive. And I think in all of that, the the, the other word that comes to mind is genuine. Um, our children genuinely love coming to school. They are genuinely really happy to see us on the gate in the morning. Our parents genuinely trust us when they're handing their children over from the car park into this school that they've never stepped foot in. They're trusting us with their most prized and precious possession, yet they've not been able to step foot into a classroom and see um, the work that's on the wall, to see the beautiful resources we have, the way that the light comes in through the windows, because everything has been so carefully designed around the child and the experience they have within the school. We see that every day. Our parents don't, don't get to see that. Um, and I know we are all um, incredibly excited about the day where we can finally welcome our parents into the school to say, you know, look, you've seen all of this on videos, you've seen them in photographs, um, now actually come in and experience what our children have been experiencing day in, day out since they first started with us. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, limitations really do force creativity. And I wonder, you know, and are there any other challenges that have led to changes that you hadn't sort of planned. Um, you know, like Nicola, you pointed out the fact that things have actually gone in such a, an exceptionally um, successful way. What other challenges have kind of actually led to positive changes? Do you know what? I, I think it's, I see it actually just as adjustments. You know, it has been challenging. And if I was really going to put my finger on what um, has saddened me most about this experience, it is possibly the time that's been taken away from development or for, to, to do with COVID. You know, as a leader, sometimes my the meetings we run are on COVID compliance, which is super important. But when you run those meetings, you know, we stop talking about inquiry or we stop talking about um, agency or, and, and it's been a juggling act a little bit as a leader to not be top down with compliance, but to have that level of compliance. Challenges in terms of learning, I think it has um, caused a lot of growth. I think we've been able to reassess our ethos and our belief. We are all inquiry teachers. We believe that's at the heart of everything we do. And we've had to learn that COVID hasn't taken that away. COVID hasn't stopped us doing that. We've just had to adjust and lean in and find out how to make it work in the spaces that we're in. And that's been an extraordinary challenge but it's been wonderful to see how our teachers have leaned in and been able to adjust and been able to um, create beautiful learning environments that still allow children to inquire, to create, to cultivate thinking and to collaborate um, in the space. And I personally believe, I, I'm not the same with others, I think education needed a shake up. I think we were doing things too much in the old sense. And, and I don't think this is necessarily the shake-up we needed, but we will take away some real gems from this and some things that we can move forward with. It, 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 there is always positives, and we should be teaching our kids, you know, me and Anna and Anne, you've probably got the worst people for a quick sped-up chat because we can talk about learning and education forever, I promise you. When everyone leaves at 3 o'clock, that's pretty much what we do is we sit there and we – because. You know, that learning dialogue and that professional development, I've got rich people around me with beautiful ideas about learning and we're aligned in the way we think about things. So I've gone off topic because I've got really excited about talking about learning. Um, but yes, there's been challenges, but uh, I, I feel that there's also been such advantages to many ways of doing things. Um, yeah, if I knew that you guys talked so much, I, I just wouldn't have invited you on the sped up chat. But I think at least you're saying really amazing things and you're articulating 
um, your passion and your journey so well. So I really appreciate everything that you're saying. Um, and I wonder, yeah. has Anna told you what was the kind of the hours that you should be going to the KCC campus to get all this amazing sunshine that's going through these secret windows and hitting all these amazing spaces? Um, because we have chatted, Anne, about the space at KCC and building it into a media space for students, um, an area where they can become content creators and share their learning and have a voice. What are you really excited about, about the space in KCC? Um, sure. So, Matt, where to start? Um, it has been the most exciting journey to be part of this phase two development. Um, being around Anna and Nicola as they planned and worked on phase one um, was obviously exciting, but really being able to be hands-on with this phase two. I'm excited about every corner um, that we've planned and developed from the way that we have specifically chosen each piece of furniture for the classrooms um, that really reflects our child-centered um, approach and belief. Uh, we have full flexible seating options in our classrooms um, that allow the children to have voice and choice and ownership in their learning. It supports that group work. It supports collaboration. It supports group work, independent research. So everything about that classroom space um, excites me. Every piece of furniture that we have um, looked at and chosen excitement and just um, it's crazy that I even picture it on the ships coming over and I can't wait for it to be here but then having the opportunity to say actually you know what would be cool having a podcast room and as Mark was saying we've had amazing conversations let's create spaces where children can really display these 21st century skills that we are developing within them in this RV curriculum. We want them to be risk takers, to be excellent communicators um, and uh, creating a space um, that we, allows them to do that. And we've had conversations as well about not making this a space that children you know, have to go in carefully. And I remember being at school and you had to go into the IT room and you weren't allowed to touch things and everything was breakable and we were all scared about it. And making learning and technology completely accessible um, and part of their learning um, is really exciting. We've also been working with our IT uh, specialists to bring in robotics and 3D printers and jigsaws and, and all these awesome things that will be very much part of the children's learning. As I said, not tucked away in a cupboard that they get to use once every two weeks, but completely in their learning environment that they can access to support their inquiries or to inspire their writing or to prove their scientific questions that they have. Um, so from the learning environments, the breakout spaces, the playgrounds, the uh, the podcast room, the, the STEM equipment, the reading rooms, the library, um, every every bit of furniture and space um, reflects our child-centered um, approach to learning. So it's all very exciting. And, and as Nick and Anna said, I just cannot wait for the day where we can welcome in parents, families, and colleagues, um, and anybody to come in, come into this beautiful space that we are creating. Yeah, you're really you know embracing that idea of the environment being the third teacher, which is just so fantastic to hear. And uh, we were talking earlier today about how um, you know that student-centered focus is just so important. But it also seems to us that you have a very staff-centered focus. And do you think that that is actually what 
facilitates and makes that that possible to have such a student-centered environment? You know, how do you finesse the the staff-centeredness in terms of their agency and ownership over things? Anna, do you want to talk about that? Or yeah, I think it. I think it kind of comes back to connecting everything that we've been talking about um, this evening, which is um, we all have this unwavering belief that the child should be at the centre of everything we do. Um, every conversation we have in school, um, every meeting, every piece of work we're asking staff to do links back to, does it make a difference in that child's life? Does it move their learning forwards? Does it build a better relationship? Um, what What is the impact of what we're asking staff to do? And I think that's that's what connects everybody. We all, we, we all want the best for our children. Um, and I think that they go hand in hand by creating a school where it really truly puts children at the center of everything. By default, it also puts the staff at the center of everything because you can't, you can't, you can't have a school without um, the children and the staff working, working together. Um, you know, as Anna and Nicola have, have both spoken about, every single thing in that school links back to um, a learning purpose. Um, you know, I know Mark, um, you know, picked up on on the windows, but, you know, gen genuinely the way that we have planned the classrooms and the corridors and the connections between that outdoor space and the indoor space all comes back to taking it from the eye of the child. So you walk down the corridor and the windows are in slightly odd places to adults, but not to children, because the, the the windows are planned low so that as a child walking through that corridor, you can see out to the outdoor area, you can see into the in, into the classroom. So they're not they're not up high, they're down where the children get this really interesting view of the world. Um, and I think that's that's what excites me about the KCC journey is that opportunity to truly put children and learning at the centre of everything we do moving forwards. Um, and I think that naturally can happen a little bit easier in early years because of the way that um, that philosophy is that child-centred approach. You taking the learning to the child rather than everybody working all together at the same time. And we have that, um, we have the possibility to to build something from the ground up, taking that early years approach and taking it through the school in a pedagogically appropriate way for, the, for those children. So we're not talking about lifting an early years classroom and putting it straight up into grade 12. We're talking about what is it that is at the core of high quality early years teaching that makes it so special and unique and how can we bring that to a grade 12 classroom and keep that philosophy, keep that ethos, but make it curriculum specific to, to grade 12s. Um, and just to sort of re reiterate there, can you imagine what it's like spending any time around the three of us? Because all we end up doing is talking, talking about education and being told to, to, told to stop talking because I'm looking at the time and we've gone, we've gone way over time. We haven't even touched on a lot of these things. It's okay. It is, yeah, it's good. I was yeah. I was a little worried for a second that Anne wouldn't be able to talk as long in her answer, but she proved me wrong. So that was okay in that one. Um, <laughs> what I do uh, want to end with is that if you could just give me one moment uh, in 2020 or 2021 where you know a challenge became I don't want to say a blessing, but something that actually you now see as moving forward 
and something that will be part of the campus or the, your daily life. And I'll speak to a student at Raw National Gardens campus, a DP, letting me know that how she could access the teaching staff through technology this year when she was doing online learning. She felt that she just had knowledge at her fingertips. If there was something that she was really wanting to inquire or research to, before going onto the internet, onto Google, she could reach out to the staff at Raha for support. And I think that's something really amazing that we've been able to offer our older students, especially who have that skill and that discipline to reach out in appropriate ways. So is there something that you could just short and sweet? What is something that you are you know, looking forward to keeping? Lise, I'm gonna start with you and uh, then we'll go to Nicola, Anne and Anna. So Lise, what are you keeping? Well, I, it is kind of connected to what you were saying, Anna. I'm moving up into the secondary school next year, and right now I'm taking an IB online course about uh, teaching visual art in DP. And when I first started, I thought, oh man, what am I going to have to offer and bring to this course to these colleagues who are already experienced in it? And it's really fascinating to see how my approach to transdisciplinary learning and teaching and everything is just so applicable and relevant. And when thinking about making connections with the theory of knowledge course and things, it's all very, it's instant because in the early years in primary, it's all interwoven. Um, and so I'm really excited about sort of making, you know, it's always usually top down, top down. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to go from um, the lower years up. So that's the big thing for me at the moment. Nicola. Can I do two? But they'll be quick, no. I promise. <laughs> no. Okay, yes, go for two, go for two. One is, um, I think this year more than ever, I've learned to be really intentional. And um, that's quite a big word for me at the moment. Anything I'm doing, I'm thinking about why I'm doing it and the impact it's having. And that's something I want to continue because I used to really love the word purposefully for things. But now I, I see if I've got intent behind things, it, it seems to give me a bit more clarity. So I, I love that this year has really um, helped me sort of define what it being intentional means in terms of learning and teaching and leading as well. Um, the second thing also follows on from what Lisa's saying. This year we've had the most beautiful experience of having from EY1 or our early years learners up to grade three. So we have our primary and our EY and this whole thing of being one school and one school community has worked so incredibly well. And I don't want to go back to the silo of early years primary because for me, um, it, it's just not what I believe, and I believe that all children should be inquirers. And we just, as as um, Anna said, it's, we change it so it's pedagogically appropriate. Or, but I don't want when we get the secondary kids in, which we're really happy to do next year. We're going up to grade eight. I want to be one school. I want to do our meetings, you know, together and the PD together, and and try not to become siloed. Um, due to space or to the physical proximity we have from each other because the amount we can learn from these exceptional educators throughout the school, grade 12 to EY1, is phenomenal and it's a resource we need to keep tapping into. So that would be my takeaway. Sweet. And I thought that was going to be about 12 minutes, but it seemed about two. So, uh, Anne, um, what's your takeaway? I've got so many stories, but I'll keep it brief. And I'm going to try and put it into a phrase or, or two words. It says, don't underestimate, because I think we, we have an incredible community of parents, students, teachers, a whole community. I've always known for the past six years that we are incredible. But going into a year of COVID, 
are worried about the children at playtime. I don't know why. Their imaginations are incredible and they've blown us away. The independence from the gate you mentioned. Incredible. EY1s independently walking in the gate in the mornings because they want to. You know, teachers teaching in a way that they've never had to do before, going online. So I'm going to just say don't underestimate. I've always had high standards, but this year has blown me away even more. So going forward, I'll never underestimate our school community and what we can achieve um, in terms of challenge. Sounds like something that needs to be put on a T-shirt. Awesome. Anna, what's going on? Um, as Nicola got to, am I allowed to as well? Uh, I'd rather not. Yeah, 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 please go Making for it. Is a yes, going for it. Um, so I suppose connected both to, to, to what Anna and Nicola are saying, um, I think my kind of word and takeaway is um, incidental, which I know sounds the total opposite of uh, Nicola's um, purposeful and intent. Um, but I think it's taking away and looking at all of this incidental learning that happens from that purposely planned environment and, um, and school. You know, there are so many opportunities for learning that has happened that we haven't planned for. It wasn't intended, but it's taking what's there and using that as an opportunity. Um, and then I think linking into what Anne is saying is that you know, what we have learned from this year is our children are the most incredibly resilient learners um, yeah, all of these things that we thought were going to be huge problems that our children weren't going to be able to cope with, they have just taken taken it in their stride and just run with it. Um, and I think you know, take, taking both of those things um, into the next academic year is um, really important. All right, amazing. I'm going to put everyone over to the side because if not, this thing is never going to end. It has been an amazing chat. I don't think as an artist, a group of educators and leaders could have painted a better picture of what a school vision is and what a school looks like. I would super excited to get over to the KCC campus, check out that sun going through those amazing windows and see if Anna can actually check when I've changed my hair. So you have been listening to the Sped Up Chat live from Abu Dhabi. Lise Farquhar, my co-host, it's been a pleasure. Have a great night, everyone. Nicola, thank you very much. Anne, it's been a pleasure. Anna, Please, we're out. See ya. <laughs>